the hive. Launching Neuro Hive sequence. Welcome, welcome to the Smarter Marketing Revolution, presented by Hidden Force Media, with your host Alex Vonderhaar. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to another episode. I am Alex Vonderhaar, your host, and you know what it is. It is NeuroHive, the best and only neuromarketing source that consistently, consistently puts out content for you guys that's actionable and not just a whole bunch of studies that don't really get you anywhere. Um, in this episode, I really want to talk to you about my favorite subject, which is the brain. I'm also going to share with you some sweet neuromarketing tips that get customers to have high levels of engagement. But before I really fell into marketing, I was going down an educational path to become a neurosurgeon. I had the grades, I had the drive, but that really wasn't part of the master plan for me. My senior year at Ohio State, I was on my way to Starbucks to meet up with some bandmates. Yes, I was in a band in college. Don't tease me too much inside the DMs uh, to essentially review our set list for an upcoming show. And on the way there, I knew something was off instantly. I had itchy eyes beyond belief. I had hives breaking out across my entire body. My tongue was enlarged. My throat was closing. I was starting to have an allergic reaction. But never in my life had I ever been allergic to anything. Luckily, being in the pre-med field and being friends with incredible people, my bandmates took me back to their apartment. And literally, they were right next to the hospital at Ohio State Wexner Medical Center. I got into their living room and they were like, all right, take these Benadryl, take these Pepsid. And before I could even swallow the pills, literally, boom, lights out. Thankfully, my friend Kristen called 911 and at that time they began CPR. And when I was completely lights out, I had the most bizarre out-of-body experience. And maybe we'll save that for another, another podcast episode. About 10 minutes later, the ambulance arrives and they gave me three rounds of epinephrine to counteract the anaphylaxis. And while it halted my allergic reaction, it completely stopped my heart. And it took them over a minute and a half to get it restarted. And after getting back up on my feet a week or so later, I got back into the school program. And as I was explaining to some of my med school teachers, they informed me that my career path was essentially toast, burnt to a crisp, that nobody was going to give my medical insurance that I was required to perform brain surgery, knowing that I had an undiagnosed airborne hour, <laughs> un undiagnosed airborne allergy. And it, it crushed me just like it's crushed many of you, right? Especially those of you that are entrepreneurs, you've had things that have gotten in your way of success before. And it's just a sign from the universe, right? That life happens for us, not to us. And after I kind of took my ball and went home, I was searching for answers for a way to put my, for a way to my brain, put things in order and actually mean something. So it only created chaos in my life. And I was trying everything I could find to relive that out-of-body experience. Psychedelics, meditation, yoga, prolonged fasting, psychotherapy, and jujitsu. It was at a jujitsu class that I ran into a man who would open my eyes up to the world of neuromarketing. And what I learned is that life creates order where and when we least expect it. After he drove his knee into my floating rib, causing multiple fractures, as a way to accelerate my healing process, he invited me to his float uh, center. And it was just 10 minutes from where I was living at the time, which was my mom's basement. So anything was better than nothing. And my first fullest experience was a massive alignment moment in my life. You know, when things just kind of click, well, things clicked. 
And I knew I was supposed to be using this medium to reconnect to that experience. And after that time ended inside the float tank, um, I found myself there as an hourly associate. And this would start my 18-month crusade into building the Midwest's fastest-growing, most profitable float franchise that had ever existed. We went from $100,000 in debt up to $2.2 million within that 18-month period. It didn't start out that way, though. The first three months, I totally ate shit. I had no idea about how to put bodies in the tanks and how to fill up a calendar. So I started researching marketing and found a subdomain of marketing that was starting to really get studied a lot, which was called consumer neuroscience. And I'd spent $6,800 in my bank account to buy this program from a guy named Taylor Welch, who ran traffic and funnels at the time. And that was the biggest investment I had made outside of college. Keep in mind, I was making $8.25 an hour, cleaning up piss puddles from a shower, hair out of drains, brown streaks from towels. The benefit was that all I had to do was interact with people for about 10 minutes out of every hour because the rest of the time they were in the tank trying to relax and I had to be quiet, which meant that all that time alone in a spa for 60-minute blocks is where I had to be as silent as I could be. And I was really back in my element, which is being a student. Student mentality with very little chaos, minus the humiliating job responsibilities, because my ego definitely wasn't in check at this phase of my life. And after about three minutes or three months of trial and error, um, I cracked the code on Facebook and Google Ads. With ClickFunnels, I built a basic video that I shot on my iPhone 4, showing the facility and the float tanks. The owner put in 5K into ad spend, and within a week, we had generated two months' worth of bookings, which was roughly about $65,000 at an 85% profit margin. It wasn't a bad first attempt. We would rinse and repeat this process for the next 12 months, and within 18 months of us starting to work together, I generated him $2.2 million, which is about $1.5 million in profit. I found my calling while making eight twenty-five an hour, managing two float center locations, 13 employees who were all 20 to 25-year-old females with no professional experience. There was nobody else in the world that was applying this research that was just sitting out in academic journals, and I knew I had bottled chaos and created order. And in January of 18, I started HFM, which is the world's first and most premier neuromarketing agency, and still to this day, we're the number one agency in the world for what we do. And I share this with you, not on the side of chaos, is where order lives. These two are truly inseparable. They're truly a universal dichotomy. It's a strange phenomenon because our brains can't thrive in chaos. As much as the creative minds will disagree with me on this because they don't believe creativity can be an orderly process, it's just simply not true. Let's take music, for example. It's widely known that most popular modern music in the Western world revolves around four chord structures and typically starts with a hook, which is our chaos, and then carries the beat and the melody to create order. And that's all to create a memorable and likable song. Take old factory sensations, arguably the most impactful sense receptors for evolving the human genealogy. It's also the most potent form of sensory neuromarketing. Because out of all these random chemicals, our brains detect this chaos in a specific way and create order. So we organize all of this. And the sense of neuromarketing through smell was one of the first dozen experiments that I ran when working at the float center. And to be honest, it didn't start off as, hey, we should do this to try to do neuromarketing. 
It started out as a way to cover up the smell of urine in the spa rooms. Yes, people are gross and would pee in the showers, causing the whole room to reek. I started to experiment with the smells, and it created a buzz unlike anything I'd ever experienced before. We started to narrow our list of trial scents down before finding the one that crushed in the lobby where we did all of our selling of memberships, packages, and all that because it was our last effort to get them to come back in the door after they just experienced something that they've never experienced before. Every customer that came back, I desperately needed because it made our marketing efforts that much more affordable and we could spread the customer acquisition cost over multiple visits, making the return on ad spend that much better. Neuroscientists estimate that 75% of our emotions are generated by what we smell, making it our most influential sense. The eyes can be fooled. Magic and magicians have proved that. Sounds can be misheard and layered to make you think you're hearing something else. Touch and taste are dependent upon vision and scent. So doesn't that make scent top dog? Once a scent is embedded in our brain, even visual cues can cause it to be resurrected and even experienced. According to uh, Gerald Zaltman, an expert in consumer psychology and author of How Customers Think, quote, sometimes we even process smells unconsciously. In one experiment, researchers asked female subjects to smell shirts worn by men who watched either an erotic movie or a neutral movie. Virtually all the women said that they didn't smell anything. But when placed inside of an fMRI machine, scans of the brains of the women who smelled the shirts worn by aroused gents lit up in completely different ways. Now, this is just one example of why surveys and questionnaires and similar market research tools can be unreliable at times, but it at least gives us a good indication as to what, what we can use, what's in our tool belt that's easily disposable. So our experiment wasn't that saucy as showing people erotic films, but we put three cents into a diffuser at the front desk as they were about to make a purchasing decision for a package that was about $100 a month. It was seawater, orange, peppermint, and then the control was no smell other than the usual scent of the facility. We found over a six-month window of testing that peppermint increased sales by 18%, orange increased sales by 115 and seawater increased sales by 3%. Almost a 20% increase in sales just by running water through peppermint essential oils, essentially, which we spent like 40 bucks on inside of a diffuser. And when we surveyed on cleanliness and the quality of their floats and sauna experiences, all of our responses went up by an average of 25% across the questionnaire. Now, neuromarketers get snagged up by big brands like Nike for this very reason. They truly understand the value of sensory neuromarketing. In one experiment, two pairs of identical Nike shoes were evaluated by consumers, one in a room with floral scent and the other with no scent. 84% of the subjects evaluated the shoes in the floral-scented room as superior in quality and a better deal. So whether you're in retail, food and beverage, casinos, amusement parks, even consumer packaged goods, you're able to leverage scent-based neuromarketing into your existing marketing strategy. It's creating order out of chaos. The main takeaway here is that you need to own your smell. The first and perhaps most significant use of scent is for branding. The key is consistency and uniqueness. Starbucks, Barnes & Nobles, Hollister, Nike, they all have their own unique scents and have done an incredible job of consistency with this. Now, my personal warning for you on this is to don't overdo any type of scent-based marketing. The customer backlash will way outweigh any of the benefits. 
but some of the actionables here, check out a check out your products and selling environment by direct observation and by asking your customers. Chances are you have at least one default smell, even if you're doing nothing intentionally about your aromatics. You have to then determine whether the scent is something to build on or eliminate. Then consider a branding strategy that includes aroma. Think outside the box. Then lastly, follow that through into the product and the customer experience environment. All these marketing tactics are here to help create order around your brand, to eliminate chaos. And oftentimes it can feel chaotic. And when you feel the chaos, your customers are 1000% experiencing it too. And oftentimes you'll find that they aren't searching for a deal, a discount, a BOGO, a freebie, or any other type of gimme, but rather they're searching for the next great experience. And when you create a sensory experience with consistency, you're creating order in people's lives. This gives them the cognitive bandwidth to open up and experience your product with their guards down. It eliminates the barriers and smooths out some of the friction. Order over chaos, always.